tapas in Spain, chiquetti in Venice, patisco in Portugal, and pinchos in Basque Country. This week, it's all about small plates. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to my podcast. It's Destination Eat Drink, and it's the travel podcast for foodies. On this show, we travel to different cities and countries all over the world, exploring the dishes and drinks that make that place special. And this week, we're stabbing our food with a toothpick. It's little snacks, little plates, small portions, appetizers, whatever you want to call them. We're sampling bites of food in four different European countries. Now, Everyone's heard of tapas, the Spanish tradition of little snacks to stimulate your appetite. And we'll talk about tapas, but we'll also talk about the traditions of small plates in Venice, Italy, and Portugal, and in the Basque Country between Spain and France. Each of these places has a tradition of little snacks that's all their own. But one thing they have in common is that each of these places makes a point of saying their dishes are not tapas. And who can blame them? Each place has its own dishes and traditions. Destination Eat Drink. Lauren Alois is the founder of Devour Tours, a food tour company that's in many cities throughout Europe. She talked with me about some famous tapas dishes and the difference between the small plates in Madrid and other places in Spain. Yes. Okay. So tapas is one of the most confusing things that you will encounter when you come visit Spain, because if you ask eight different Spaniards what a tapa is to define it for you, they will give you eight different answers. And it will depend on where they're from, where their family is from, um, because the word changes its meaning throughout the country. So in theory, the original tapas come for free with your drink. And there's a lot of origin stories from this, but but let's just say that they're, they're complementary to accompany a drink. Um, and here in Madrid, that happens often in traditional places. And you probably will get some olives, uh, maybe some potato chips, maybe some anchovies, something small. Uh, and that is your tapa. It's for free. It comes with your drink. And if you order another drink, you might get another tapa. It might be the same thing or it might be uh, something different. However, if you go to other cities in Spain, they do not give the free tapa and uh, they charge you for tapas and they have them on the menu as such. And in those cities, usually tapa means small portion. So you will go for dinner and you might get a few tapas for yourself or to share. Although, depending again on where you are, they might be too small to even share. They're really kind of individual size uh, portions. In Seville, you, for example, will see on the menus uh, a, a column for each dish that's called tapa. Then you'll see another column called half portion, media ración. And then you'll see another column called full full portion, ración. And so so really, if you ordered a tapa of something in Seville, you're just going to get a personal sized, small few bites uh, serving size. But it really, really depends. And then other parts of Spain where tapas aren't as traditional, like the north or even Barcelona, you now see tapas being used in, in as more of a marketing term. So it's really confusing for tourists, but even for locals. And I always 
I always recommend that people take their time when ordering and that they ask questions that people here are friendly and would love to answer, you know, your questions. So don't be, don't ever feel ashamed to say, Hey, how big are the tapas here? How many should I order if I want to be full or, or if we're, you know, just having some appetizers, um, how many do you recommend? And that way you don't end up doing with what a lot of tourists do here in Madrid, which is they think that the, the portions uh, are tapas and they order, you know, seven of these raciones among two people, which is enough food for seven people. <laughs> and if you're at a nice restaurant, they will tell you, oh, no, no. Like even if they're unable to speak English, they'll they'll advise you with their body language, with everything to tell, try to tell you you're ordering too much food. But if you're at a place that's not as not as nice, they'll let you order it and then they'll throw it away when you don't finish it. Um, so that's a shame to me when I see that happening. Is it okay from an etiquette standpoint to just go in, get one tapa, maybe a small drink, and then leave and go to the net and, and visit several tapas joints um, in a row using this method of having one tapa in each place? Yes, absolutely. And in fact, in Madrid, uh, this is a city that, that that's kind of the tapas culture that there is here, that in the places that are traditional, and we usually call them bars or taverns um, in Spanish, they're known for one or two things. So they might have a variety of things on their menu, but really when you go there, you get something very specific. It might be a, a salt cod fritter or uh, a piece of the tortilla, the Spanish omelet. And so that's really their specialty. And so what people do is they will go and they'll have an evening out where they go to this place for the tortilla. Then they'll go across the street for the mushrooms. Then they'll go to the place down the street for the, for the uh, meatballs. Now, all of those tapas that you would order are um, from the menu. They're not the free tapa. In addition to that, you might get the olives or the potato chips, um, but those would be charged. And, and that's perfectly normal, but you do have to do it in the bar area. There's very few places where you can sit down unless there's a few little tables in the bar uh, where you can order tapas or where it would be appropriate to order so little food and then leave. Um, so you really want to search out those bars, bares, ta taverns, tavernas, and go to those types of places for this type of tapas crawl. Uh, if you start going into restaurants and ordering just one dish and then saying, oh, we're going to leave, that that would be a little bit odd. So if there's tablecloths and, and waiters, um, that's not quite the place that you would do that. You mentioned the bars and tavernas having their own specialty. How would you know what their specialty is? Would you ask, would it be obvious? Kind of all of the above. So you can certainly ask, what's your specialty? Um, sometimes their waiter will, if they're truly known for something, they'll, they'll be very proud of that and they'll tell you. Other times they'll just say, everything's good. So when you get that, you might want to look around and see, is everyone here eating or the majority of people eating the same thing? And a lot of times it will be the case. So point, you know, say, what is that? Can I have that? If you're open-minded, just, just order it. And, and a lot of times that will be the, the specialty. Or, of course, doing, doing your research. <laughs> That's always a good way to do it. Um, there's a lot of guides out there that, that do go kind of bar by bar and, and highlight their, their specialty, whether it's uh, a blog like, like my blog or if it's a, even the guidebooks here in Spain for locals written in Spanish, they will go place by place and, and kind of tell you exactly what to order. 
Let's talk about some of the specific tapa that you might get. You mentioned the tortilla. That's the what, what's that called? The pincho de tortilla? Yep, you could say yep, pincho de tortilla. And that's not a tortilla that we would think about traditionally like a Mexican tortilla. Explain what that is, Lauren. No. And um, as far as I know, torta, the word torta is pretty much like a round shaped cake-shaped object in the Spanish language, uh, if you go back to the root. And so tortilla is just a diminutive of that word. So it's like a, a small round-shaped object. Uh, and so we know it in the U.S. As, as Mexican tortillas, which are, of course, corner flour, flat tortillas. But here in Spain, that's definitely not what the, what the word means. And they're talking about these uh, round egg and potato omelets. And uh, the traditional tortilla is is nothing more than really great eggs and really great potatoes. The controversial ingredient for a lot of people is whether the classic tortilla should uh, involve or allow for onion. <laughs> okay. They, they, so they have a whole debate in Spain if you are a cebollista, a pro onion -er, um, <laughs> or a sin cebollista, uh, an anti-onion person. And so that that's kind of the first debate. And that that's really speaks to Spaniards love of simplicity and of the top quality ingredients, because you'd think potato and eggs, boring, you know, a little bit of salt. And it just what what's what's so special about that. But when you have one with these amazing potatoes from the north of Spain and these farm fresh eggs, you think, oh, my God, how 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 is it so good yet so simple? And you can understand I'm I'm clearly pro onion, but um, you can understand why there are people who are, are such purists uh, here in Spain with, with their food. And so that's what, what our tortilla is here. And then you, of course, do have more modern places that add in all sorts of things, goat cheese and chorizo and uh, all sorts of ingredients, but those are not the, the traditional ones. Chiquetti is the tradition of small plates in Venice. And my friend Monica is a food blogger and tour guide in Venice. She talks about the history of Chiquetti and some of the dishes you can try when you're in Venice. Okay, so first of all, just want to clarify something. Uh, until 12 years ago, nobody but Venetians knew what Chiquetti were. Mm. Because I remember when I first started doing what I do, and that is uh, food blogging, talking about you know uh, cooking and uh, taking people around the uh, in the Cicchetti places, when I first started to propose my tours, nobody was booking because nobody knew what it's all about. <laughs> so I had to kind of educate people to what it is. So Cicchetti are actually very, uh, very old traditions from Venice, okay? Uh, they are small little, they're not tapas, okay? Let's make this clear. They're born at the same period, but they're born for different reasons and they're different things. Uh, there are small little snacks that you usually take with a glass of wine that is called a ombra. A ombra is called like this because uh, people used to stand in St. Mark's Square selling the wine underneath the church tower. To keep the wine cool, they used to move a stall with the shade of the church tower. So they used to say, andiamo a bere all'ombra del campanile. Let's go and drink in the shade of a church tower. Mm. With this small glass of wine that is usually red or white, you do not get to pick the type. It usually is house wine, okay, but very good house wine. You usually, Venetians are very well known because they, they had to drink water and wine all the time because the water wasn't safe to drink in Venice because, of course, Venice doesn't have uh, fresh water. 
Okay, He's, he had to get his fresh waters from uh, the rivers. So. Uh, or it was a raining water, and of course it could get easily contaminated. So to make it safe to drink, Venetians used to mix it with wine because the wine kills the bacteria. But you, as you can imagine, if you drink water and wine all day long, you do tend to get a bit tipsy, you know. So we would have had a lot of uh, leaning tower of Pisa in Venice <laughs> and very happy Venetians, okay. So they had to find a solution. So pretty soon everybody realized that uh, one way not to get sleepy, drowsy and so on was to associate a small bite to eat every time you had a small glass of wine. In fact, cicchetto, the singular of cicchetti, comes from the Latin cicus, that means small. Originally, they weren't what we have today because now they're very fancy. You know, you have a crostini, you have all really fancy stuff up. Originally, it would have been brain, liver, a little bit of polenta with a little bit of anchovies, a little bit of an egg with a bit of anchovy. Uh, you know, just very simple, poor people food. The change has happened in the last uh, six, seven years when Chiquetti started to become famous. And the people selling the Chiquetti realized that uh, tourists weren't so adventurous. So they wouldn't go for brain, liver, tendons and stuff like that. So they start to adjust it uh, and make it a bit more palatable and new ones. So you have a traditional ones that like a sardine sour, sweet and sour sardine or bacala mantecato that is a mousse of uh, dry cod that are traditional and they go back a long time. But now you have a lot of new types that are a bit more, let's say, modern and um, easy to take. <laughs> Patisco is the communal way of eating small dishes in Portugal. Andre Apolinario of Taste Porto, a food tour company in Porto, Portugal, gives us the best places for patisco in Porto and some of his favorite dishes. Okay, so first of all, uh, if and when someone says to you that uh, patisco are the Portuguese tapas, they couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Tapa is uh, a Spanish gastronomical tradition, a tremendous one, by the way. Um, the word tapa comes from the verb tapar, to cover, something that you can put on bread to cover a glass of wine, a tradition that comes from medieval days and that they've turned it into a Michelin star level uh, nowadays. It's fantastic. But a petisco is going for a, a Portuguese main course, turn it into a smaller portion, so that on a table uh, with four people, you would ask for five, six of them, and everyone would share. So it's a communal way of eating. Um, I would even say, if I'm having a dinner party at home with some friends of mine, close friends, I would say, hey, each one of you would bring a, a patishku and we'll share food over here. Um, I love this communal way of uh, eating food. It's it's fantastic. Everyone will bring the best of what they know how to cook, of what they love to the table. So sharing food will be definitely sharing your life and sharing love with the, the ones closest to you. I would say that there are a number of places in town that you can go for. Um, I would definitely try and look for the old taverns, places like uh, Alfredo Portista, but places... Newer places have brought Petisco uh, back to life on a more hip way. I would say 
tashka or tashko, where you can have a sit-down uh, dinner with nothing but patishkos coming your way. And for me, some, uh, so you say they're, they're smaller versions of normal dishes, so you can expect all kinds of different kind of patishko. My favorite are some of the simplest, like just some sliced tomato in some wonderful uh, Portuguese olive oil with a little bit of dried oregano and salt sprinkled on top. And I can enjoy that with a glass of wine and be happy uh, with a little bowl of olives next to it. Oh, me too. Believe me. But I'd have to say that there are a few other that I recommend. So, for instance, uh, muelas. So, at some point, I'll, I'll have to be a bit hardcore on uh, Portuguese food. So, I'm going to start here with muelas. So, the chicken gizzards, slowly stewed uh, in tomato sauce and uh, piri piri chili peppers. Spicy. Uh, to start off a meal, they're fantastic because... Uh, they will open your appetite, they'll clean, they cleanse your palates, and they'll bring that spiciness that will make you want to drink um, a glass of wine or a, or a beer to go along with. Um, one other that I love, uh, octopus salad. Oh, very famous. Oh, it's so good, so fresh. Summertime, an octopus salad with some uh, green and red bell peppers, olive oil. Oh, I'm mouth-watering here, my God. Uh, so olive oil, uncooked olive oil, uh, maybe some onions and a bit of garlic in. Ah, oh, it's so delicious. That's the thing about this podcast, Andre. You'll get hungry, I'll get hungry, and everyone that listens will get hungry. <laughs> good. That's good. That's a good sign. <laughs> when you're in the Basque country of Spain and France, the finger food you eat between meals is called pinchos. Anya from Devour Tours gives us the lowdown on the dishes to try and the best pincho spots in her city of San Sebastian. Yeah, exactly. So everybody, when they think about Spain, they think of tapas. Yes. But here in our tiny part of in Basque Country, we have something that we call pinchos. Although the idea is quite similar, there are different ways of practicing pinchos. So pincho is like, a, well, one of my customers said once, they're like uh, pieces of heaven on, on, on the plate. So uh, <laughs> so this is how I see pinchos. There are tiny uh, finger foods, snacks that we have between the meals. So this is something what keep, keeps us going for all day long. Um, we like to eat a lot. So we eat constantly. And we talk in Basque country about food all the time. Breakfast, we talk <laughs> about lunch, lunch, we talk about dinner, dinner, we talk about breakfast, etc. <laughs> And in between, the, in between the lines, we've got a pincho. So pinchos were invented in the 40s, in the center of San Sebastian. And the first pincho was on the toothpick. And it's actually became very famous. It's called La Gilda from the, um, from the movie that was called Gilda of Rita Haywards back in the 40s. Oh, yeah, Gilda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So that's the little one. Uh, it actually has um, little pickled peppers that grow only here, called piparras in Basque language, or guindillas in Spanish. Then we've got olives, and also brown anchovy, so aged anchovy in salt. So this was the first one. And pinchar actually comes from the Spanish language. Pinchars, pinchar is to pierce. Basically, the toothpick goes through all these foods. That's why we started calling pincho, and that was translated to pinchos. Right now, I would say that it's changing a lot. So we don't have only foods on the pieces of bread. We don't have only foods with a toothpick in it. We also have small little lovely dishes that we call like cuisine in miniature. So they were kind of brought uh, from fancy restaurants, Michelin restaurants, 
to the normal people and we can also enjoy them in local bars. So what are some of the, it sounds like pinchos has become much more than olives and anchovies on a plate. Describe some of the different pinchos, maybe some of your favorites that we can get in San Sebastian. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you have to do is like to differentiate two different kinds of pinchos. So we have cold pinchos that you can find on the counter on every bar, and then you've got hot pinchos. My still favorite pincho is the first one. The cold. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm really, well, the, the first one in, ever invented, La Gilda. So this is still my favorite pinch. It gives me like a little kick in the afternoon. It's quite sour. It's very piquant and has this like uh, flavor of the ocean. Um, so it's still my number one. But there are so many. We've got beef chicks cooked for a really long time um, in red wine, for example. And they're coming like either with um, potato puree or they come with uh, some other vegetables puree. And you have shrimp skewers that are fantastic. Um, one of my favorites too. Mm, there are mussels. It can be actually anything, anything. And there are so many that I cannot choose one. Okay. Every time I go to a restaurant, I'm like, oh my God, maybe that's, that's my favorite one. And then I go to the next one. It's like, no, 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 no. This is the favorite one. So it depends where you are. There's so many good foods here. Well, just tell us one or two of your favorite places to go and maybe what we would get there. All right. So um, we have a couple of uh, tours right now in San Sebastian. So the first one is in the old part of San Sebastian. It's still the most important gastronomically area here in, in the city. And in a very tiny uh, space, only 2.5 square kilometers, we fitted 231 bars. Wow. So, yeah, I know. A lot. That's why it's so hard to choose, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the old part of San Sebastian, I really love Chepecha. Chepecha is a bar that specializes in anchovies. I know many Americans are pretty funny about this fish, but we try to convince yeah. them. And I've seen many miracles so far. <laughs> so. Yeah, anchovies, anchovies have not had a great reputation yeah. in the U.S. just because of the way that they're packaged and served here. But it's a totally different thing when you go to Basque Country or you go to Sicily or somewhere like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the bar we are going to Chepecha, I'm talking right now, it's like the first generation of 120 years as well. So they do home marinate their anchovies. It's a completely different story and they're really high quality. In 2012, there were the local producers that got together and they said, let's fight for the good name of the anchovies because it's something really exceptional here in the Cantabrian Sea. The product is really high quality. We can fish them only in May and June, more or less. So they are at their best. So um, when you look at the anchovy, it's not longer a small, smelly fish. It's actually a wonderful, meaty, buttery thing that tastes fantastically. depends how you prepare it. So chepecha would be one of my choices for sure. Um, also from the kind of a modern approach, I would say Bordaberry run by a couple. Uh, Lucia is in the in the bar taking the orders and in the kitchen is her uh, boyfriend Mark. So um, this this way they, they work, just two of them and a couple of boys who are helping them, always packed, uh, fantastic dishes. They still use local and seasonal product, but the cooking techniques are different. They've got different ideas. They maybe add like some cinnamon suddenly to, to their dish. Um, mm. So one of my favorites there is, would be the ke- kebab which is a, a rib. It's like cooked for many hours with a little bit of cinnamon and apple uh, puree. Fantastic. And maybe the third one, Paco Bueno, very traditional, uh, Calle Mayor in the old part of San Sebastian. They specialize in um, prawns, in 
coat, we say. <laughs> so it's like a dough, salty dough uh, with prawns inside and it's deep fried and it's served on a toothpick. So like a typical pincho. It's one of the bars that you enter after the rush hour. It's almost impossible because there is so much litter on the floor. Uh, you know, the Spanish way of uh, throwing things on the floor. So it's one of these bars and they pour cider and it's full of locals. A fantastic place. Let's talk about how you actually do a pincho when you're in San Sebastian, because we were just in Madrid. And the thing about Madrid is you you kind of bar hop. You go from place to place and try the specialty of that bar um, in the different places you go. And you might visit five, six places in one evening. Do you go to different places when you get your pincho or do you just go into one place and order several different things? Right. So, um, yes, it really depends on the city, uh, how you do tapas. OK, but if it comes to pinchos, uh, we have it very clear what to do and what not to do. Okay, good. So <laughs> first of all, pinchos, um, as I told you, they're just prelude to your meal, uh, lunch or dinner, especially visible uh, on the weekends when people got more time so they can enjoy a couple of pinchos and a couple of glasses of wine or cider before sitting down. We don't do pinchos to fill up. So pinchos not supposed to substitute the meal. Okay. Um, they're more something nice you have before lunch, like aperitif. Um, we always do the bar hopping as a part of uh, chiquiteo. So basically going for pinchos, you go for the specialities. So you go from bar to bar to look for the specialities. And maybe it's going to surprise you, but the average time that we calculated a Basque person spends in the time in the bar at once, it's seven minutes. So, oh wow! yeah, you can imagine <laughs> it goes quickly. We like to move. We like to walk. We love to stand. Basically, pinchos are just excuse to socialize, but we love them. We love eating. So we would do that. So you go to the bar. You usually go for your favorite pinchos from the counter or you order something that is prepared in a moment from the kitchen. Uh, you have your drink. You talk with your friends. Then you pay. It's an honor system. So they're going to ask you, what did you have? And you tell them, well, I have this one and the other one. And if you forget one, they're going to remind you. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. They've got like 70 taps in their heads and they, they know exactly what you had. And then you go and move to another bar. So this is the way of doing pinchos. Time to time, um, we will forget that we have a dinner and we just stay in the bars because we are very happy. But this is what I pinchos like, Anya. shouldn't be that. You like that? <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it happens time to time, okay? But usually we use them as aperitifs. Pinchos are not served at home. We don't do pinchos at home. Pinchos is something you go out. Okay, there you go. You know... Wherever you are, getting small plates is one of my favorite ways to eat. In fact, I wrote a whole article about how to do this. Even if you're in a place without a tapas or a chiquetti or a patishko or a pinchos tradition, I call it the grazing method. And it's a great way to sample a ton of different restaurants when you're visiting a new city. I mean, let's face it, if you're like me, when you go traveling, you want to visit all these different restaurants. But if you're only there for a few days, it's nearly impossible unless you spread it out and visit several using this grazing method. I've got a link to my story about the grazing method at DestinationEatDrink.com. Get that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash travel. Also, on my blog, I've got new stuff that I post all the time. And this week, it's a story about a special local pizza in Sicily. You can read about that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. 
Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Chief Toothpick Counter, Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. Wear your effing mask, and I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.